0: Welcome. Good to have you all here for Wednesday night. Good to have you. Patty, coughing a little bit, but it's good to have you here. How are the boys doing? Okay. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. It's been a a journey, a health journey, so praise God. I understand we have others who are not feeling well tonight. Um, I know Willie and Mickey um, are just suffering. Sounds like uh, flu affecting some of everything. So be in prayer for them tonight. <clears throat> Glad to have each of you here tonight. How you doing? <laughs> good to have you. <laughs> good, good. Well, what brings you here tonight? You are, okay good to have you great great your wife here too kids here okay with Michelle okay all right well good thanks for thinking about us it's always amazing when I see believers that travel and just uh, they just can't stay away from God's people that's a good thing That's a good thing, praise God. Well, Wednesday night, um, we usually have our Bible study and prayer time. So tonight we'll be looking at um, Psalm 65. So turn there. You may wonder why I choose the particular psalm that I do. Um, they're just coming in order. So <laughs> I don't have a a, a preference. Obviously, there's some psalms that I'm more familiar with than others, or some that are just more uh, popular. This one is, is one kind of on a list to... I'm glad we go through it because otherwise you might just kind of overlook it. <clears throat> it's one of those psalms that I've mentioned this, that one of the beauty of psalms, kind of like when we're going through Job, is that it's it's poetic. Um, um, it's the word of God in a poetic form. And so how rich it is that God will give us a language to express some of the deep things uh, that happened to us, so that we can we can have a uh, we can have a, uh, uh, a script. We can have something to lead us through that expression. Like with Job, um, he is expressing his deep grief. Now in this psalm, we're expressing joy um, and rejoicing, <clears throat> and there's a particular occasion for this rejo- rejoicing that might be a little difficult for, for us to relate to directly. And the purpose of their rejoicing here is the harvest, okay? So you might think about this during Thanksgiving time um, because that's, that's when we do that kind of thing, but uh, we, ought to do it, we ought to do it more often than that. So here's a, a walking through reasons for giving God thanks um, so, you know, you ever have, uh, I, I was like that, uh, uh, you'd be doing something at home and you just start whistling a tune, you just, you may even make something up um, to reflect what it is you're doing. Um, um, Lawrence was talking about that at our at our uh, Valentine's dinner, saying how he goes around home and he's making up songs and, and singing them, and sometimes to the chagrin of his wife, <laughs> he's he's singing those songs that he's made up. Uh, but that's just a form of praise, isn't it? Uh, you know, you, you can be with them that, that you have a good day and you're happy about something. Um, so here's a psalm um, praising God for the harvest. Now, you, you think about the people who, um, or how the people lived in this time. Um, I'm a city boy, um, and, and most of my time has been, you know, kind of in the city, so I'm not really familiar with farming terms. Um So what I'm going to try to do is put this into our language, or at least my language uh for metropolitan type <laughs> okay <laughs> because we still need to recognize that our good things, even though we go to pick and save and buy a gallon of milk, our good things still come from the Lord. It's not pick and save it's it's the lord that 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 allows us to have that, okay and so we need to kind of acknowledge that so think about this. Driving home from the grocery store and making up a song about your groceries and and how good they are uh, you might even be making up a song as you're opening the front door to get your box from Amazon um, you're getting you're getting goods and produce okay uh, you might be thinking of a tune as as a, a the Grubhub cars pulling in front of your house, you know, to deliver you that, that meal that you ordered, right, over the internet. And you're happy that it's here, and here come our pizza, yeah. I mean, whatever song you want to make up. But that's kind of putting it into our day that we, we recognize a good thing that's going on, and we see God in it and we recognize it's God's goodness that's being extended to us, and we're happy about it, and we're ready to rejoice about that. All right, so let's go ahead. Just a few verses here. Praise is due to you, O God, in Zion, and to you shall vows be performed, okay? So he's saying, yeah, I, I recognize that it's God that I worship. It's him that I praise. If you're standing on the corner waiting for a bus stop, waiting at the bus stop, and the bus gets there right on time, yeah, you're happy, um, but you recognize God in that, right? It's, it's, it's not just the, the bus schedule that you praise or the bus driver. God made this made this happen. <clears throat> oh, you who hear prayer, to you shall all flesh come. And I like um, kind of brings us in tonight. We're praying because we recognize God does hear our prayer. We're not just speaking in the We're not just speaking nothings into the air and it's vanishing. God does, in fact, hear the prayer of his people. That's good to know, and it's a cause for rejoicing. Um, What does he do? It says, verse 3, When iniquities prevail against me, you atone for our transgression. Blessed is the one you choose and bring near to dwell in your courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, the holiness of your temple. He's saying... God is one who forgives sin and clears us of our, uh, our sin. He forgives us our sin. Praise God for the forgiveness of sin. He brings us close to him, allows us to have relationship with him where we can tie into to who he is. And so we praise God for that. Then he goes on to talk about his awesome deeds. And remember, uh, this speaks in terms of, of the harvest, Uh, verse 5, by awesome deeds you answer us with righteousness, O God of our salvation, the hope of all the ends of the earth and and of the farthest seas, the one who by his strength established the mountains being girded with might. Recognize that God is, is the one that brought things into existence and recognizing his great power and his might. Now, Back in that day, they would see that, and they'd be be able to look at the mountains and say, wow, how grand, how huge. God made that happen. Um, We're in a city that we don't see mountains, so, um, you know, hey, you ride downtown and you see Lake Michigan. Uh, When I was a kid, I thought that was the ocean. I mean, it was just, I could see no end to it, right? So it is a great lake. (laughs) Um, But we recognize God. I can't see across that lake, but it, it expresses your grandeur, your, your greatness uh, for you to have a design. And, and you brought this up and um, I, w- I love living in Milwaukee because every time I would orientate myself by the lake, east, where where is east? Well, it's toward the lake. <laughs> it's toward the lake. That's where it is. Um, and, and so you have a national landmark there that's not going away um, that you can, you can keep things in perspective. But you recognize it's God who, who made those things. <clears throat> By awesome deeds, you answer us with righteousness. He goes into some of the deeds um, actually going in verse 9 and forward. But he's still just, just caught up. On, on creation and how God has put things together verse 7 who steal the roaring of the seas um, the sound of water is a beautiful sound isn't it people use it today to relax they record that and they play that back uh, because it's soothing um, but water can be both soothing and awesome there's also a sound that's terrifying the sound of water um, but he says the roaring seas he, he speaks of them and I don't know if that phrase the tumult of the people is kind of relating the roaring of the seas to, to the tumult it could be um, he's saying you know God, God has uh, uh, we have this, this great sound but sometimes the people make a lot of noise too it can sound like that um, verse 8 so that those who dwell at the ends of the earth are in awe at your signs able to look at what we see and to recognize that God is awesome. You make the going out of the morning and the evening to shout for joy. Kind of, kind of an expression that, hey, even the na- even nature is, is shouting praise to God. So the sun coming up or, 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 or going down is offering praise to God in, in some way. He kind of sees it that way. Verse 9, you visit the earth and water it. You greatly enrich it. I think there's an insurance commercial. It might be Geico or one of the other commercials that comes on and it shows this primitive people. And they're trying to figure out how they can get the plant's water, right? And so they're standing. And you, you can't tell, but you can tell by the conversation. They're standing at the kind of edge of the cliff. And they're looking at this one guy like, dude, it's your turn. All you got to do is step off, jump in. And they say to him, you jump in, fall down. And then the gods are happy and we get rain, basically. That's what they're saying. So he was supposed to be the offering for, for rain. He's trying to figure, um, can't we do this a different way? What if he said, "What if we ran like pipes under the ground and brought the water from the ocean into? And they're like, dude, that's not the way it works. Just jump in. He's trying to figure out another way. But here the psalmist is saying, it's a great thing that God waters the earth. We could never do what he does, he makes water, he greatly enriches it. The river of God is full of water, you water it's furrows abundantly. So, you this is kind of language from people who recognize that you know we can plant and we can go and harvest and try to get the produce, but nothing would happen if God didn't water. Like I said, we kind of removed from that, so we kind of look at man, I went into Walmart, the grocery department. And there was melons, there was corn, there were vegetables, there were fruits all over the place. As much as I wanted to get, I could fill my shopping cart with it. That's kind of our mentality. Do we recognize it's God who allowed all those, all that produce to exist, and he did it for our good. He did it for our good. I often think about animals. Um, they taste, but they don't, they're not as discriminating as we are. They can, sometimes they can eat almost anything. God gave us taste buds and gave us things that satisfy that taste bud because he's interested in us. Now, actually, I could probably swallow a pill and get the vitamins that I need and maybe some of the nutrients that I need, but that ain't no fun. I'd rather chew on a steak that has juiciness to it you know that's salty that has flavor that has texture that has warmth you like that too right i mean i mean whatever your favorite food is you enjoy it god made us that way to enjoy the things uh, of this life and so we can praise him for it verse 12 the pastor of the wilderness overflow the hills gird themselves with joy he kind of pictures everything as presenting praise back to god and what a what a beautiful picture recognizing that good things come from god and now we ought to give praise um, back to god and so verse 13 the meadows clothe themselves with flocks the valleys deck themselves with grain they shout and sing together for joy Again, an expression that all the good things that God has given uh, to us, and now we 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 personify those things and see them offering praise back to God. How do you put that in today's language? You might say, write a song. God, I saw my debit card just dancing and thanking you. For being, for being full, right? For, for having the potential so that I can have purchase power and buy these things. I don't know how you want it. That's how my crazy mind works. But however you want to do it, but put it in today's language so that we recognize what we get is from God. And we offer worship and praise back to him for the simple everyday things that we get. A breath of fresh air that we can enjoy today. Remember a moment when you couldn't couldn't enjoy that? I remember the first time that I had a problem with asthma. I had played a basketball game and I was just thinking, man, I'm so out of shape. And so I thought playing ball, I just need to run harder. I just need to beat myself back into shape. And after I did that, an hour after that game, I was still like, I can't breathe like I normally do. Something not right. Now I realized that was the beginning of, of recognizing I had some issues, I had asthma. And that made me realize every breath that I take <laughs> is, a, is an offering from God. It, it, it is an opportunity to thank God and to recognize that he allows me to inhale and exhale. Everything that I do is orchestrated and allowed by him. And to have the privilege to do some of the simple things that I take for granted or to enjoy the simple things that I have. uh, I need to stop and thank the Lord. So God makes every provision for us. Romans 8 says something like this. If God has done all this for us, don't you realize he's done much more? If he has taken so much care to care for us physically, do we recognize and thank him for what he's done that we couldn't do for ourselves spiritually let me just go back to one verse that brings that out and in verse uh, 3 when iniquities prevail against me you atone for our transgressions so recognize that God is the one that gives me the relationship the ability to have relationship with him because of Jesus Christ and who he is and what he's done so I can be properly related to God Thank him for that and every little thing that comes from that. Use your imagination, use your creativity, reflect, think, and reflect that back and praise to God for everything, every little thing that you have.
1: Good evening, Saints. continue our time of meditation through the Sermon on the Mount, that God's Word is something that we're supposed to meditate on. And so, what is meditation and what does it do and how do we meditate? What's the point of meditating? What should we get out of it? The one thing that often happens, and this is just the case all the time, is that, especially in our society, we have a lot of noise. We are talking, we have music, we have technology always going on, we have a lot of noise, we are hearing from a lot of different things. And so that we often get distracted, it's hard for us to hold on to a thought. And the Bible recommends silence and meditation because it is in there that we can hear God's voice. Oftentimes, God doesn't yell. Sometimes he does. But oftentimes, he is not going to speak over different things. You remember the story of Elijah when he was desperately depressed. The voice of the wind came. God wasn't in the wind. And many other elements and dramatic things happened in front of him, but God wasn't in those things. But God spoke in a still, quiet voice. And he heard it. I imagine he probably couldn't hear it if he had his earbuds in. I imagine that he couldn't hear it if he had the radio on, or if he was watching TV. Maybe he couldn't have heard it if he wasn't depressed. I think it's an importance, though, to silence ourselves, and that's what meditation is meant to do. It's meant to put the outside thoughts out, any distractions out. And so that's why we recommend silence, and that's why we have music, but we don't play, you know, big thunderous music. It's meant to relax ourselves so that we can study on God's Word. One of the things that you'll see when you go through God's Word, you'll start to see patterns. So I'm going to read this section of scripture, and you recognize patterns. You have heard it said to those of old, you shall not murder. Whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. So if you are offering your gift at the altar, Or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say simply be yes or no. Anything more than that comes from evil. You have heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. That if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who begs from you, and do not refuse the one who will borrow from you. You have heard it said, that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be the sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, What reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than the others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Patterns? You have heard it said another word that was phrased, that was repeated. I would say it once. We're looking for patterns. What What is repeated? Often. Hmm? Okay, judgment. Alright, um, but that's not really repeated, right? So we're looking at stuff in one section. What's something that's repeated in every section? If you imagine this as a song of verse, but I say it. You have heard it said, but I say to you. okay? What is you have heard it said? What is that referring to? Okay. Is what he's saying always a quote of what the world says? Okay, so everything that was quoted is something that is in the Old Testament. So, what is he doing when he says, but? Hmm? You say, what? He's adding conditions. What's the problem with saying that he's adding something to it, why shouldn't we say that? Hmm? yeah, it wasn't imperfect or missing anything, right? Let's look back at verse 17. He says, Do not think I have come to abolish the a law or the prophets, I have not come to abolish them but to fulfill them. I don't think it's a, a doubt let's put it this way. If we're meditating on this passage, we're going to go back to verse 17 and realize that's the key to understanding the rest of it, right? He, he's not going against what the prophets and the law have said. So then, you know, what Dale is saying, we combine that with what Scott is saying, we're going to see what is he doing? Let's just combine that together again. What is he doing with this? what is he saying why is he quoting scripture and then why is he saying a but what were they missing in their day do you think that they were just going around committing adultery left and right no right think about the pharisees you think the pharisees were breaking any of these laws most likely not right but why weren't they going to heaven He says in verse 20, for I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Okay. Yep, I think, so, let's think of it this way. You're right in exposing their motivation. They thought they were better than anybody else. That's not why they weren't going to heaven, because we could think that too and still go to heaven, right? But, That arrogance does then lead to the next part, right? They thought that their righteousness was what was saving them, right? They thought that if they just obeyed the word, that was enough. What was the problem with that? It wasn't hitting where? The heart, right? So if you look at this passage, what it's doing is exposing the heart of the law and what Scott and what Dale was saying, it just jumps into that. I think a lot of times when we read the Old Testament, and this is the case with anybody that's not saved, when they read the Old Testament, there's a veil over their eyes. Paul talked about this. There's a veil over their eyes that keeps them from understanding the truth. Actually, it's a veil over all the scripture, isn't it? How many people, politicians that you know ain't saved have quoted Jesus? You say, man, my goodness, this guy's quoting Jesus of all the things in the world. But it's a veil over his eyes. He doesn't see that it's a problem that, you know, he's supporting abortion and he's quoting Jesus. You don't think it's an issue? We don't see the heart. And what Jesus is doing is he's exposing the fact that you can obey the law and not be saved. You can do things and not make God happy. You can tithe. And not give God a thing. And that was a big part of his ministry. So I think we as Christians, that's the biggest thing we got to do. Because I think oftentimes when we get saved, we stop doing the outward sins, don't we? We train ourselves not to cuss no more. We don't get drunk no more. We don't get high no more. We're not wilding out with people. But we might be wilding out in here, right? somebody step on my foot i'm not saying the f word but i might be thinking it. and that's that's where it comes right yep it's the heart and don't get me wrong outward actions are important but it's the heart that's more important and that's what jesus is exposing and that pattern helps us understand this passage and then maybe next week maybe we can look at some of those harder verses that are in here like slap one cheek turn the other What could that mean, right? But maybe this pattern helps us uh, understand that.
2: How everybody doing tonight? All right. So tonight, let's pray for um, our ministry with the um, Milwaukee Rescue Mission. That we'll have just have one person pray the ministry and the continued work that we're doing in there. I want to have, a, well actually who, who wants to pray for that part? By a show of hand. Who's going to pray? The next one we'll pray for is um, we want to grow our mentoring here so that we are able to bring more men from the mission because for them to be able to come to church they have to mentor. They have to have a mentor here that can work with them. So um, we're going to be talking to some men. So I want to have someone volunteer to pray for the hearts of the men of the church, that they'd be open to mentoring, and that they are able to mentor so that we can increase the number of men that we gave here. We can pray for that. sure um, you got it. We'll just do it after tonight. That's good. That's good. Perfect. And I'll close it. But we just continue to lift up um, the mission that um, you have allowed us to partake in with the rescue mission. That we have been, been able to be used to reach these men who are in dire need of so many aspects of their life, a place to stay, uh, financial stability, um, even your word, Lord, and first and foremost, your word, Lord, we praise you for allowing us to be able to have that inroads and to just minister to those men and minister in, in, through that minister to our city. Um, we ask that you continue to just grow that ministry, continue to use us there, continue to allow us to impact lives of the men there, um, impact lives of the men that have come to our church and have become a part of this church and a willingness to become a part of this church as a result of our connection there and that we've been able to minister to them. I say you continue to be with uh, the men in this church and talk to them and try to work alongside them to help them be mentors for uh, the men at the rescue mission that we can continue to just grow that here and grow the amount of men we bring in and um, just continue to just expand our ministry in that area Lord is that is something that really aligns with our our mission as you know and um, will really allow us to continue to just reach the really needy of our city and to reach our city as a whole as they may have families or they may have families one day Lord but Affecting one person can affect many. Lord, as they can continue to spread the gospel that they learned through us, we just ask that you continue to do a work in your name. We pray.